Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain book club where every single Friday, I, along with my true and amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, <laughs> Sarah Pacelli, I'm looking for, where did my list go? Stuart Immonen, David LaFuente, and Mark Brooks's Ultimate Spider-Man. We are going through every Ooh. single volume. Yes. We've gone through four volumes so far. And in this session, we are taking a look at volume five of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Public Scrutiny. And I am, of course, joined by the only two men who I would trust to be 100% themselves and not replaced by an imposter. First off, we have the friendly neighborhood Jacob Brown. Welcome back, true believers. And the spectacular Malcolm Russell Nelson. Yeah, that, that's me. Yeah, it's, it, it's weird because we, we, to pull the uh, curtain back a little bit for you, listener, we record this show over Zoom, and uh, for the first time, Malcolm uh, is calling in instead of using uh, video chat, so we can't see him, yeah. but um, it sounds like him, right? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the same guy. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. Definitely the same guy. I, I, I believe it. It's, there's no reason. Well, well, there's a way to test this. Malcolm, okay. oh, so, as I say that with quotes, yeah. um, Tell us only something that the real Malcolm would say. Uh, uh, my name is Malcolm. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm I believe that. That 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 just cleared all of my all of my suspicions. Honestly. Yeah. So then we'll we'll go ahead and uh, move on from that. I just I I feel really good about that because that was I was, yeah. I was a little well, concerned for yeah, a second. I mean, yeah, but. Right. It's, it, it sounded like a quakiness to his voice, but then he said something that Malcolm said, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's just like Malcolm. And you know what? Malcolm's, Malcolm's been going through a lot of stuff recently. So let's yeah. dive into this Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man Volume <laughs> 5 titled Public yeah. Scrutiny. This is issues 28 through 32. And uh, let's dive into this. So we kick things off Midtown High School, and it's a very small thing, but I love that it's still Midtown High. Yeah. Me yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Peter is in the library like a fucking nerd. And <laughs> Pippi Longstock, I mean, uh, Mary Jane comes in. <laughs> Ooh. To, uh, Do people even know who that is anymore? Uh, I don't know. Okay. No, first off, no, people don't know who Pippi Longstock is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I just aged myself up 25 years. Yeah. Good job, John. Good job, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but, but it's a look and it works. It looks good. It's a good look. It does. I like it. I like it. So it's they, <laughs> So basically, uh, MJ runs in. She's like, hey, did you bring your costume to school? Because there's some whack shit going on. And we zoom out to find the rhino oh, in all rhino. of his Paul Giamatti glory uh, wow. rampaging through the city streets. And, and I love Paul Giamatti stop it <laughs> that doesn't that you don't look at it and think that's paul giamatti for sure i got us the spider i got us the spider where where is the spider yeah yeah i can totally, can totally see it from this 
So, and I love, I, I have to include this because of who we are. Um, they're at school. Mary's showing him like, hey, this is what's going on. And Peter's like, okay, I'm going to go get him. He's like, you need to cover for me though. I'm going to miss fourth period. And she goes, it's French. Who cares? And he goes, the French? French, French. violence is alive and well. Wow. There it is. It's more, it's more like French discrimination, actually. <laughs> it's French discrimination. <laughs> Even the far-flung world of Earth 1610 cannot escape French oh, violence. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Peter goes off and I don't, I think this is foreshadowing when, you know, she's like, no kiss. He's like, no time. And he runs off. And it's that first kind of moment of, hmm, they might not all be on the same page. But Mary also, like, turns back the TV and she goes, my boyfriend's going to kick your butt. Nice. High school. Love it. Love it. So mm -hmm. then we begin. The Ferris Bueller tries to escape from his high school building <laughs> sequence. Where that is exactly what it is. That's exactly yeah. what this is, right? Yeah, this is exactly what it is. This is a teen movie right now. So Peter gets to his locker, grabs his backpack with a spider suit in it, rounds a corner, and who is there? Aunt May. Uh, she basically says that she's here to uh, have a parent-teacher meeting, which is odd that they wouldn't inform the child of this, but whatever. Oh. Uh, Right at that moment, uh, the math teacher, uh, Mr. De Palma, steps out, and uh, the two of them are brought into the room. And Mr. De Palma has some things to say. He's basically telling Peter, like, look, Peter's real smart, but he's distracted. And distracted, like, a lot. And we need to figure out why he's distracted. And he keeps going on, and Peter's like, what? I'm sorry, what were you saying? And I love that shit. I love that shit to death. And so good. When uh when Peter's finally just like, hey, you know, uh I was supposed to be helping uh foreign exchange student in the study hall, quick quickly thinking on his feet, got some major improv skills. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. both... that was some that was some Tom Holland niceness right there a little bit, you know. Yes. It was just like yeah. just a little flavoring. Both De Palma and May are like, oh, well, why didn't you say anything? And he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And then he leaves. <laughs> and immediately as he's uh, as he's running to get out the door, he gets the exit. But then who's there? Another teacher. And I'm the principal. Assuming, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that's a security guard. He's got a badge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like. It's New no. York. So there's security guards at the school. Oh, Fair. yeah. Fair. And so immediately they lock eyes and he's like, hey, and Peter runs off. Classic Peter Parker running. He leaves off like a little fire him. trail behind him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not really him running like hissy fitting, you know, it's we can't him. see his face, so it might be. That is very true. Yeah. And he's got to play up the performance, too. Oh, that's very fair. So, but wouldn't that identify them? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. 
I thought the that would identify him as Peter if he's just running around and going. <laughs> it's like, well, oh, I mean, that's, he's that's Peter Parker, you know. That's the principal, so I feel like he should know if he looks at this kid. Like, hey, well, you go here. Yeah, well, the principal. The, the hard thing about a principal is though, like you, you have to. You meet so many students. Everybody. You can't remember everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I would sure remember right. the kid who gets consistently bullied and runs off crying every other day. That you're you're more That's crying uh, kid relatable crying than kid. that. I know that. Like if yeah. I was if I was the principal at that school, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know crying kid. I can recognize crying kid. <laughs> so Peter gets into the cafeteria, sees that the ruckus is still going on, and as he finally exits the building, who does he find? girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Gwen Stacy is curled up in the dumpster. Look. I get angst. I get there's stuff at home that's going on. It's very serious stuff. Why hide in a dumpster? No one's going to look there. Obviously someone did. Peter Peter found her. Even if it was by accident. Yeah. I I believe the reason why is because the way she feels, she feels like trash. So she feels, feels like, like she yeah. needs to be in trash in order to where like to sulk is what I kind of feel like. Well, you know, like like she, like she needs very, to become one with the trash or something. Well, something like that, but also more like uh, I'm not good enough, so I'm nothing more than being in the dumpster. Like I am trash to my mom, so why should I be? Sure, where should I be? And otherwise, because I can't be home, you know. Because I uh, see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's, it feels it's very poetic, is what you. It feels like dramatic poetic poeticism, you know, just to be like to to be in trash when you feel like trash, you know. That's kind of that's kind of what I was interpreting from it. I don't know. I I, I struggle drama. with self self worth a lot, and I've never willingly thrown myself into a dumpster. Well, that's true. But but then again, your mom well, has never said straight up that I think you're a piece that that I think you're a piece of trash. And I you don't know that you don't know my mom. That is very true. I don't know your mom. Oh. My mom's great. My mom's great. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God. Mo- moving moving along here. My mom uh, does it. She's so. basically. She's crying. There's stuff going on at home. We're going to have issues on here. <laughs> it, it's one of those. <laughs> All of our moms listen to this podcast, and oh, I'm absolutely. not going to hear anyone disagree with me. <laughs> Excuse me. My mom does not listen to this podcast. I hope she doesn't. I, uh, I, I wish my mom listened to, the pot, to this podcast, because then at least she would be interested in the things I do. Um, oh, anyway. God. Oh, oh. oh. oh sad uh, boy. Uh, never 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 gonna (laughs) so so peter uh peter is effectively caught between uh two different emergencies one where gwen is obviously having a really tough time and the other with the rhino rampaging through the city and ultimately you know he has to leave gwen he tries to help her out he's ultimately told by Gwen that she needs she needs to go or he needs to go like get out of here she doesn't want his help and he's like I have to do something really important I will be I I, I will I will let's talk after school and he just kind of leaves her in the dumpster which sucks yeah. um 
and not because like oh he should have done that like there was literally there's nothing that he could have done um, yeah right but that's also juxtaposed by this next page of him finally getting outside and mary like pokes her head out of the window she's like were you what are you still doing here <laughs> it's like look like i got all the I'm, I'm distracted you know for poor peter <laughs> love it so she so peter's like hey great this is great can you go to the dumpster and get to and get gwen and MG's like, she's in a dumpster? And her immediate response is, God, she's such a drama queen. <laughs> which, which shows that they do not get along. I they, love I love the constant, like, they don't get along. Yes. It's it's classic, like, Romita-era Spidey with just, like, yeah. Gwen and MJ yeah. just not getting along, not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter yeah. starts to make his way across the lawn, gets hit by a football, which is odd with his spider sense, but we could be, I mean, it is danger. Sense, yeah. The it, spider sense does well, like yeah, trigger right before, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he, that's, he gets, that's all we have to say <laughs> they're like, lie, they're like laughing at him and he just gets mad and he chucks it up above the building. Uh, it's so yeah, good. Spider-Man. Love it. Yeah. I just love that he just was so fed up that he just threw it over there. It's like something that like it's something like Biff did to yes. like get back into back to the future to the yep. kids who was just like, you want it? Go get it. And just throws it onto a roof. And he's like, I am trying so hard to just leave the grounds, and none of you are allowing me to leave. And just I've had all I can stands, and I can't stands no more. <laughs> And, uh, and the cartooniness of this moment is so good. He just chucks it over the roof. They all look, look at a look. All these bullies looked at it and going like, wow, he just chucked that. And then they look and then they realize they just lost their ball and just furiously look at him. Got him. And, and yeah, I just yeah. I just love the I just love the quick like look of Peter going. Huh? Oh, <laughs> and then just, just like, oh, shit. And then just chasing after him. It's so good. It's such a cartoon. It's so fantastic. So Flash and the other bullies chase him around a corner, but Peter has successfully escaped, changing into the Spider-Man costume, making his way, making his way downtown. And when he finally arrives, nice. the situation's already handled. Oh, Iron Man. Because mm, oh, in that, in that looking Iron Man suit. That Ultimate is a real Iron Man looks awesome. It's a real nice suit. It's it, really it's, good. It's cool. ugly as hell, but it is a yeah. great suit. It's, and it's not it's ugly, it's clunky. It. It's, it's ugly, clunky. It's clunky. It's very clunky. It, it reminds me a lot like the, the original Iron Man suit where it's like uh like yeah. like it's, it's like metal like uh sleeve the, the metal yeah well, yeah the the weird like the way the way Stanley is described it, it was like it's like like uh what is it? It's like wearable armor basically mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's a moving iron lung yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there you go i l- listeners uh for for your uh ultimate little slice here um the cool thing about this iron man is that tony stark needs like like he has like a giant support team of people it's like 30 people that get him like into the suit and everything like <laughs> they have to like launch iron man like he's like a he's like a space shuttle like which is awesome oh that's <laughs> that, was, that was something i miss that's something I miss when it, uh, talking about like adaptations and everything in the MCU. 
Like in the early mm-hmm. movies, like it would he would have to like get help to get in and out of the suit. I miss that aspect of it. Right. Yeah. And now but because Robert Downey Jr. didn't want to do that, it's the joke about like the oh yeah, Iron Man is in the toothpick that's in his mouth. And he yeah. becomes Iron Man. Exactly. Like two times. And so we cut over to the Chad of the Daily Bugle, Ben Urich. Who is Chad. <laughs> learning it up with the bank teller? Second I mean, ass Yurik about to get it from the bank teller. Oh yeah! When all of a sudden there's a crash and Spider-Man arrives, or at least it definitely looks like him. He he swings it and he's just like, "You hear me? This is a robbery. I want to get out of here in one piece. If or you want to get out of here in one piece, you'll do what I say." And Spider-Man proceeds to rough up this poor this poor uh, bystander, or the the bank manager just the absolutely bank manager. kicks yeah. the yeah. shit out of them. Holy shit! Yeah, and he's and he's. I love like, the I love the what's your name, bank manager? And he's like David Rosenberg. He's like nice to meet you, David Rosenberg. And then slugs them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, like twice too. He just like he just like punches yeah. them and then back punches them back. Oh, At least man. he yeah. he gives them the respect of learning his name. It's, it's very nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, quickly forgotten immediately when he defenestrates him through a window. <laughs> yeah, you know, Spider Man's a good person. Yeah. So um, this Spider Man's a good person. <laughs> so Ben Yurick is there. He's watching this whole thing transpire. Spider Man goes. He robs the place and he leaves. And this is music to the ears of J. Jonah Jameson, who is. So happy that he was right the entire time. This Spider-Man is a menace. He is a public menace, and he deserves to get raked over the coals for his new turn to villainy. Uh, though Ben Yurick, who was there, isn't so sure. He's not sure if this is the real Spider-Man. He looks like Spider-Man. He sounded like Spider-Man, but we don't know if this was Spider-Man. I mean, there have been a lot I, of... I love that. Same. Same. And there have been a lot of, like, evil doppelgangers and, like, you know, people masquerading around as heroes. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm, how do you feel about this trope being used in the story? Listen, I think that Spider-Man is just a good guy, man. I mean, it, there's nothing that wrong that we've seen here. Yeah, sounds right to me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I no, I, I I love that in in the scene, like in the in the robbery, there's the close up of like his uh, Spider Man shirt coming up. Yeah, and like Ben clocks that, and yep. you don't really understand why until Ben's using the defense of like, listen, like I saw that guy fight Doc Ock, like it, he had a grace to him, almost like a gymnast. This guy like was way less polished, like he's just not smooth. You know, and I, I like that that's, that's the investigative journalist mm. there of looking for everything there. Like, I love that you get to see that on the page. I think that's really cool. It Even is, though that is clearly yeah. Spider-Man, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's whatever. Yeah. It's definitely the same guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it is a little, it is a little weird that like his one suspicion of it not being the actual Spider-Man is that his shirt became untucked. It is very interesting. Yeah. 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 But it's also it's it does speak to like like Malcolm was saying, like it speaks to 
not just his ability as a reporter, but his character as a person. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, look, I'm not telling you Spider-Man robbed this bank. I'm telling you what I saw. The facts are yeah. some guy showed up in a Spider-Man costume and robbed the bank. And robbed the bank. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and right. so, and they make another... I don't know if this is our second or our third. They make another OJ reference. Oh yeah. In this argument. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, Why would a successful football player all of a sudden kill his wife? People turn like milk. People turn like milk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I don't, I don't remember exactly when the OJ stuff happened, but I, f I feel like we were fairly far removed from it. We we totally we were. were. Uh, this is yeah, around I believe four. It was 95, uh, I believe. But no way. I think you're right. It was probably 94. It was around those so two years. So it's been at least five years. But this is also oh, around yeah. the time I think he got arrested again. Uh, yeah. Yes. For something so, else. For, yeah. for, for probably stealing stuff at the, for stealing like uh, football, uh, uh, sports gear from, from back in yeah, Las was, Vegas yeah, or something. the first sports gear era? Yeah, I think this was the beginning of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what we do know above all else is that Brian Michael Bendis likes to dunk on OJ Simpson. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> and from rightfully so, because OJ Simpson is a criminal and should not have been allowed to get away with what he did. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to <laughs> Law and Order, Malcolm Yu. Chung Chung, uh, <laughs> podcast within a podcast where Malcolm picks up cold cases from the 80s and early to mid 90s and solves them through the lens of comic books. Uh, tune in next week for more, and uh, we'll continue rolling on. Next week, we're going after... Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Uh... <laughs> yeah, we got Dahmer, we got the Zodiac I was, I was Killer. Say, I was going to say Sidney Poitier, actually, but... Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, he, ki he killed somebody? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Allegedly. Well, he, did, he didn't kill yes. somebody, but he beat somebody close to death. Tune in Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Find out next week in Law and Order, Malcolm SVU. Dung dung. So the bad press is continuing to pile on Peter. Uh, everything, just as he thought it was, like starting to get to normal. It's now not doing so great. And to compound upon that, a cop car is parked outside of his house. That's that is so scary. The dramatic timing of that, like, page turn of, oh, like, Peter's, you know, in his thoughts, just thinking about all this, and then he sees the cop car outside the house is so upsetting. That's such an upsetting thing. Just, oh, God, like, not again, not again. Yeah. And, uh, like Aunt May, you know, just, like, all of us thinking just, Aunt May, no, Aunt May. <laughs> it's, it's traumatizing. And I think just as much for us, the reader, as it is for Peter, yeah. like, we don't know yeah. exactly what's going on. And so he runs into the house and finds Gwen sleeping on the couch. He goes to the other room and he finds Captain George Stacy sitting down with Aunt May, uh, the two of them having a little, little conversation. And uh, they've kind of got a vibe. They have yeah. a weird vibe, they, right? They got a vibe. They kind of want to kiss. I like it. They kind of want to kiss. You I know, mean, at the tail end of this conversation, yeah, they kind I, of have this awkward moment. I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, Aunt May loves Branzino. 
So she's a fox, man. <laughs> she's a silver fox. <laughs> so, oh, uh, like Brand <laughs> So Dennis Parker. Leary strikes up a uh, uh, deal with Aunt May that look, I am having a tough time. My wife has left me, and I have to go to a police conference. Can you watch my daughter? And of course, Aunt May, being who she is, says, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which, so, listen, real quick. Just remember this. Remember this as being a thing of Aunt May's. Trust me, a long, long way from now, it's going to pay off really well. I think I know what okay. you're talking Aunt about. May is, Aunt May is this kind of a person. Okay. All right. I'll remember, remember that. Yeah. So... Listen, when you're coming back to this episode, Malcolm looks like a genius. <laughs> the real Malcolm looks like a genius. This is the real Malcolm. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? I mean, right. I, I have his notes, but I, I mean, I am him. So, you know. Right, of course. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, this sounds like a good plan to everyone except who else? Mary Jane. Mary Jane oh. is not happy about this one little bit. Mm. That's why she's wearing the shirt with the circles. You shut the fuck up about the circles. (laughs) I am not doing this again. I have been bothered by circles for the last seven days, and I am not doing this anymore. We have moved. We have grown past the need for circles. Circles of juicy. That's what they are. Because that's what her shirt says. It's juicy. (laughs) So... Um, they're having a conversation. <laughs> Mary Jane is not happy about Gwen staying there. And at a certain point, Peter picks up. He's like, are you angry at me for this? And immediately she just starts laying into him. She's like, what exactly am I supposed to think? First, she's up. First, she's just showing up here in the middle of the night. And now she's sleeping over in her pajamas. And Peter, I think rightfully so, is like, why are you mad at me? I don't like her. I like you. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's yeah. hard because like I can see from both sides. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I like that you can see from both sides. Yeah. On the outside because, looking in, this looks pretty inappropriate. Yes. But and on the inside, we see the inside and we know that it's like nothing. It's completely out of his control. Yeah. Like th- there's nothing going on there. But also right. compounding upon that, we put a big spotlight onto their miscommunication last volume with him not Mm -hmm. telling her things. So I could see immediately how this would be a problem. And so Mm -hmm. they're arguing. It comes down to, I think what it always comes down to in these kind of conversations. He says, do you trust me? And she says, I don't trust her ever since she came here. I've seen what's been going on. And he's like, what are you talking about? She says, she's sleeping over. And he says, do you want me to tell my aunt to kick her out of here? <laughs> He's like, don't you see what I'm... Did you tell her you were Spider-Man? And it's heartbreaking because you care for both Peter and MJ. But there's just a wall there that they can't climb yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And... Mary Jane basically gives up the conversation. She's like, I'm I'm done here. She leaves. And Peter is kind of like left to just stew, I guess. So 
flash forward a little bit. Uh, Peter and Gwen are studying. They've got some. Uh, we've got the news on, and the the other Spider Man has been spotted at a warehouse. So mm-hmm. we are going to get to see definitively how this Spider Man stacks up to the real Spider Man. And so uh, again, an interesting thing, and I know you're going to hate this, but talking about circles, the cyclical nature of here's this person that Peter needs in a warehouse again. I I am able to respect the the uh, the parallel without needing it to be a circle. I would prefer (laughs) to be like because it's like poetry. It rhymes. rhymes. Yeah. Like my buddy George. It rhymes. So (laughs) so Peter shows up fully ready to kick this guy's ass. Right. He shows up. The cops are surrounding this building and he's like, hey, guys. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to kick this guy's ass. And they open fire on him. Yeah. <laughs> just immediately. Yep. And he, he was not expecting to get shot through the shoulder. It's good Falls. to see that things never change in New York. Jesus you know? Christ. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> this is Giuliani's New York, baby. Yeah, it is, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to Spider Politics, the podcast within a podcast where Jacob Brown examines politics through the lens of early 2000s comic books hey this is pre it's pre 9-11 man this is um this is anything goes you could just like oh look it's a gun at the airport and they're like yeah get on the plane who cares and that was (laughs) spider politics with jacob brown (laughs) tune in next week for more (laughs) wait say it again malcolm say it again this is post 9-11 so that's why it's like this oh is it after at this point uh okay this is is after 9-11 oh okay well there you go yeah it, even like more so oh yeah then then this everyone's in a panic state then yeah they're just like ah shoot it exactly. and it's just like terrorist shoot right there in between the and exactly. that was spider politics <laughs> with jacob brown uh tune in next week for possibly more we'll we'll see um but i love this closing uh this closing panel of spider-man just laying on the bleeding ground out. shattered glass bleeding out it's my background for the week um it's haunting great it's a great image yeah all the cops like over him with the guns too like yeah closing in yeah so this also does kind of remind me very much of um of amazing spider-man of the first garfield spider-man yes it does where he's surrounded by the cops and then he gets shot and so just as they're about to pull his mask off he is able to escape I love this. Like he's handcuffed and he's running up the building. Uh huh. I love. Oh my god, that page is so good. It's this, really, uh, really cool. This was like the scariest it's part gorgeous. for me uh, in this book. That this, the, it was just too real of them like roughing him up and like handcuffing him, and they're just like, it's like get his mask off yeah. and everything. It's just like, oh, this is a little too real right now. Um, yeah, it's pretty but, upsetting. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're shooting to kill too. So he ha- yeah. he is you know, running for his life. He gets to the top of the building is finally able to break the handcuffs just as with, with a shot arm. Like, I mean, the strength of this dude. Yeah. So ridiculous. Oh man. Just as a police helicopter gets its spotlight on him. And so they continue the chase. This also, you know what this reminds me of? Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I'm so happy you said that because I was yeah. going to say the same thing. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you have not watched the best Batman movie ever, yeah. uh, do yourself a favor and watch it because it yeah. is yeah. incredible. And it has a full sequence where Batman has to run away from the cops. No, li- no live action Batman has able to capture the essence of what that movie has already accomplished so Absolutely long ago. Agree. Yeah. That uh, is until maybe in, next and month. In unrelated news, the Batman <laughs> drops March 3rd, we'll market see. calendars, we'll and see. get wow. ready for Rob Bat and yeah. Bat and Pat. We might, we might be, we, it might actually eight. have some competition. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. All I know is Paul Dano is the Riddler. Yeah. So. <laughs> that geeky hey. kid from Little, Little, Miss, Little Miss Sunshine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So they continue the chase. Spider-Man is able to uh, escape. And we want to talk about it rhymes. Hides in a dumpster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Circles. Look at that. Stop it. So so Mary Jane gets a call uh, from Aunt May asking where he is. She She perpetuates the lie that Peter's with her. And I love this moment where she's like, Oh yeah, okay, I'll tell him bye. I should be an actress. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So Good. that's her claim to stardom starting right there. That's what it is. <laughs> so Mary Jane then gets a collect call. A collect call. Listeners, mm-hmm. back in the late 90s, early 2000s, <laughs> collect calls were calls oh, right. that could be placed via uh, these things called public phones. And <laughs> using that, you're able to connect with people anywhere without the use of what we know now as cell phones. So, so I would like leave my cell phone just like in a public place. That's what I mean by like a public phone. Did yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Malcolm. The so, thing is, it didn't have contacts. It just had this book that was attached to it, like underneath it, for you to find. Uh, yeah, instead of having a digital contacts list, it was a physical contacts list. It was. It was a physical contact. Wait, so I, so I couldn't get so I couldn't get that book like on my phone like as an app. No, not at the time. No, no. The app was the book. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now, what the fuck do you mean the app was a book? <laughs> yeah. So the late '90s and early 2000s were a shitty time for everybody. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> really was honestly. <laughs> So um, she gets a call from Peter and, and basically says, Mary, help me. And so she, listeners, Mary Jane is Mary- a high school sophomore who somehow gets into a cab out in the middle of the night, downtown New York, in the middle of the night. Yeah. And like, how goes, did she, how did she get out of home? How did she like, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like how in the world did this 15 year old escape from her home, got a cab and got all the way downtown in New York in the middle of the night? Like, holy shit. This Mary, this woman, this Mary, this Mary. New York. So Mary goes and finds Peter pulls her second person out of a dumpster in the last 24 hours. And <laughs> Yeah. takes him to a nearby medical facility where she brought him a change of clothes. And I, this is kind of terrifying. This, this is, you know, what this reminds me of, it's similar to like a zombie movie, right? This, yeah. oh. this raggedy kid comes shuffling in trailing blood behind him. 
and it's like oh my god and he falls falls into the arms of a of a nurse and we're off to the races from there 28 days later we pick up (laughs) yeah oh man don't even joke about that (laughs) seriously so that's spider bites man so peter wakes up and he and the nurse practitioner is uh speaking to the police they're like hey we don't know who he is he has no idea on him but like we we don't know because you have to believe that there's been like a city-wide apb of like hey if some random person matching like these physical descriptions with a gunshot wound shows up it might be the spider-man and so mm-hmm. they're like all right mm-hmm. we're, we're just gonna ask him some questions they go into his room he's gone and i love again ferris bueller style just close just shutting the uh the little ceiling tile behind him love it love it so good and then there's this really interesting scene too in the next page where mary's yeah. sitting in the waiting room with this older lady and she looks down at the bag that Mary has between her legs and she sees the Spider-Man costume. The Spider-Man costume. Yeah. They yeah. look at each other. They don't say anything. And Mary like closes her legs up more to like shut the bag from view. I felt incredibly tense at that moment because immediately a cop busts through. It's like, Hey, did a patient come through here? This lady doesn't say shit. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. typical New York, you know, you don't, uh, you don't snitches, no get rats, stitches. no yeah. rats. Yeah, exactly. Only rats are rats in the sewers. Here. Exactly. Right. And they're, they're big. And they're big rats. Jersey. You don't <laughs> want to be a bigger rat than the, than a rat in New York. That's, that's the thing. So Mary's able to escape from the emergency room. Uh, and finally is, and I love this too, this, you can tell that again, this is an early 2000s comic where the nurse practitioner is like, Hey, he finds uh, two EMTs. Like, did you see a girl? And they're like, No, was she hot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Gross. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Up on the housetop, uh, I think this Peter would be a, like a Weinstein what? production or something like that. Thank you, Malcolm. So gross. Uh, Peter and Mary are having a conversation. She's ba- she's basically like, I'm just glad you're okay. I don't have any money for a cab. So like, how are we getting back? And he's like, I guess I'm just going to swing us on my busted ass shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Swings them home. What a what a hero, man. You know, like after everything that's happened, he's just like, I have no choice. There, after there's no way. Everything. Yeah. And so we cut back to the Parker residence and Aunt May doing her Disney princess nap. Uh, yeah. Am I uh, wrong? Listen. <laughs> All right, listen, hold on, hold on. Mal- Malcolm's about to make a point here. Uh, it ain't a good point. Aunt May fine. <laughs> kind of fine. Again, Silver Fox. That's what she is, man. Kind of look at her, look at like her muscle, like she got like arm definition. She's dope, yeah. Also, little like her nightdress, you know, whatever she's wearing is very lovely, like very lovely. Yeah, it's nice and like long, like I like it. She looks like, classy, very classy, and she just wants to kiss George Stacy. Like, I get it. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was Down Under, the podcast within a podcast where <laughs> Malcolm and Jacob talk about all things romance and intimacy. Tune in next week for more, maybe. Definitely. There's definitely yeah. more next week. Oh, great. So I love how, like, she wakes up. She's like, wait, Peter? And she gets up, goes to his room, and Peter's sleeping snug as a bug in his in his bed she smiles shuts the door his eyes like shoot open and he sits up and who does he see on his television screen when he turns on the tv someone who looks suspiciously like norman osborne i know this isn't i know this isn't norman osborne but he looks suspiciously like Norman Osborn. I thought it was uh, yeah. I thought it was Captain Stacy, actually. <laughs> no, Cap- uh, it's, it's, it's Sergeant Bullock. That doesn't look anything like Dennis Leary. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that man does not like Branzina. He likes slabs of beef. Slabs of slabs beef. Slabs of beef. <laughs> oh, my God. Meanwhile, in like Atlantic City, Italian speaking beef? of George Stacy, he's there for the uh, police conference with his buddies and apparently he's the only one who wears a tie i guess and <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah he's such a stiff and so <laughs> i love it god he's so great uh, he's he's so classically looks like the detective like the worn the beat down detective you know like it's a, like, it's yeah, a very commissioner a gordon yeah yeah it is very commissioner gordon without and the mustache I and glasses it. that's that's commissioner gordon right there it's true so they're all having their get together outside of the police convention and all of a sudden there's an explosion in the street over they run over and they see spider-man's hitting an armored truck also yeah with a backpack yeah also i hate to point this out because he's coming from high school in the back there you can see the hotel that. Oh, gross. I didn't even yep. see that the yeah. first time. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping no one was going to say anything. We're skipping I, that. So I, I wanted to, but so the George Stacy and yeah. his boys. There's uh, a rump in the background there. There's George Stacy and his two boys run up on Spider Man, and Captain Stacy's like, drop the guard, put your hands over your head. I mean it. I'm not going to, I'm not giving you to the count of three. Do it now. And then it just cuts. Like the amount of tension, hard cut. I was so mad. I was like, "No, I don't want to see this high Dude. school bullshit." Go back to Dennis Leary <laughs> fighting Spider-Man. Did, did did you guys have any idea what was coming? Was no, no, yeah, I had I no did. idea. I yeah, okay. I I completely forgot about this part. Actually, yeah, this was surprising. So. Uh, Peter Parker is at school. He's not feeling too hot because, again, he got shot last night. <laughs> and his teacher's just like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, no. <laughs> so he like he goes to go see the nurse. He leaves and he gets to his locker and he finds a note. And it reads, Peter Parker, black van in parking lot. I'll take care of the shoulder. And immediately I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near a black van parked in a high school parking lot that's just not <laughs> happening i'm sorry i'll, I'll, I'll take care of that shoulder i also have some ice cream for you and a puppy 
like, and some candy. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> free food. It's like all the, the Wiley Coyote signs, like pointing directly at this van, just going like safety <laughs> house all right here, you know, just stand right here. Free, free bird seed right here. And the worst part is when he gets out to the parking lot, there is no black van. There is a black Subaru looking yeah. Forester out there. <laughs> it's a it's a van. It's by the loosest sense of the term. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. And as he gets it's, closer, it's yeah. As he gets closer, the door slides open, and fortunately, he's not abducted by someone terrible. Stranger danger. Janet <laughs> Van Dyne. Yeah. yeah. I was not prepared wow. to see my ultimate Asian queen out here in the mm. 616 or the 610. Yeah. Look at her. She's she like, so "Hey, good. look, Nick Fury sent sent me to see you." And he's like, "I the last time I saw Nick Fury, I told him to fuck himself sideways. I am I don't need his help." And she's like, "My dude, you got shot." <laughs> And so he gets in the van and, you know, they're going through their backstories and she takes out this little, this little gun. She injects him. And apparently this is a metahuman stabilizing agent to uh, enhance and uh, speed up his superhuman metabolism so that he heals faster. Really cool this stuff. Pretty cool. Very cool stuff. Yeah. It's a Senzu bean. It it is it is legit a sensu bean. That is incredible. Um, like that's all it is, and it's kind of awesome. I, I don't get that. And it, and I hope that this gets used more often. It probably won't, but I like it a lot. And superhero comics should use like shit like lot. this more yeah. as well, because yeah. obviously this is something they can do. Well, it's cool that you know, yeah, that we get to see other characters in the Marvel, this ultimate universe through these little moments like this. Like, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, you that get we... two ultimates in this volume. Yeah. You get yep. Iron Man, you get the Wasp. Yeah. True. So that was kind of neat. Just like these two little, mo this felt very, this feels very Stanley written, you know, and the yeah. fact that yeah. you're like, oh, look, there's Thor just crossing by. And it's like, well, if you want to find out more about Thor, go and join Thor the, uh, the, uh, the Mighty, yeah, you know, and all exactly. that stuff. And speaking of the Ultimates, I love this this little uh, exchange where he's like, Fairy didn't happen to mention if he knows who that guy is running around impersonating me and robbing banks. And Wasp is straight up like, no, he didn't say and No offense, kiddo, but that thing is kind of small potatoes for us. And I'm like, yikes. Love it. Yikes. And she finishes off saying, oh, rough. and I tell you, if someone was running around in my costume doing that, I would find him and beat the holy snot out of him. On sight. On sight, catching hands. On sight. And so they're <laughs> heading out. He's he's walking home with Gwen and with Mary Jane. I just I love the visual of him between Mary Jane and Gwen. Very old school. Uh -huh. it's, very... it's just yeah, it's something very old school about it that I love. Yeah. And so she's uh -huh. immediately just like, "Hey, drop the act, man." And she, and they're both like, what are you talking about? She's like, I totally know. And she turns to them and she goes, the two of you are sneaking around in the middle of the night. Dude, you came in at one in the morning. I heard you. If my dad caught me out with a guy at one in the morning, he would lock me in a tower like that chick in that movie. Hey, listen, good for you guys, but you're going to get busted. Everyone gets busted eventually. And then we see cop cars. 
outside of the Barker residence for the second time in this volume. Yeah. Uh At this point, it's bordering on emotional abuse. (laughs) But but it's very, it's very effective. I, I straight up. I straight up said the same thing that Peter says in this. So I was just like, oh, no, no. Oh, no, I am May. And I was like, oh, man, May. <laughs> so I, the- I, this is going to sound terrible, but I love the oh, no. I, I think that is such a very specific choice. Yes. Because that's, that's not something that's often said out loud. Right. Yeah. But and it I absolutely makes kind sense. Of bold and wonderful. He's like, "Oh no!" Like, <laughs> immediately, like he he's in full panic mode, so he's just saying whatever. I think yeah. that's a very specific choice, and that's really cool. It's lame, but it's cool, man. Peter Parker's <laughs> lame sometimes. It's just how it is. Peter Parker's so, lame as hell, dog. Yeah. Peter runs into the house and finds Aunt May with the two guys that were in the previous scene with Captain Stacy, and. Reading this, it took me from the top of the page to the bottom of the page to realize what had happened. Same. And so as Peter's standing there, he doesn't know what's going on. Aunt May looks up. Mary Jane and Gwen head in there, and everyone stands up when Gwen gets in. Oh, Oh, God. And they hand her his badge. Captain huh? George Stacy is dead. Oh, just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I I figured at a certain point that Captain Stacy would die because that's what he does. But like the <laughs> way that it was done yeah. here was incredibly effective. I uh, yeah. I thought we would get I, I thought wow, this happened so soon. Yeah, yeah we got I a couple thought, volumes with him. I thought we were going to get way more volumes with him, at least, and get a good sense and uh, at least like at least uh, a bonding moment with Peter and him because of the fact that Gwen's there and stuff like that. But this, this comes out of nowhere and it just happens. It's, it's brilliant because that's death. That's death right there. It just yeah. happens. That's exactly it. And... Uh, Wow, this this was so abrupt and incredible that this just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Malcolm, really I, well done. I want to get your real and true thoughts on this because being being the real Malcolm, you would you would know <laughs> that this was something that we weren't uh, we weren't prepared for. How do you feel about both um, this the first time you read it and then coming back to this, knowing that this was going to happen? So the, the first time I read it, uh, which was so long ago, because it was, um, <laughs> the, the first time I read it, it, it totally surprised me, um, just because I wasn't super familiar with George Stacy at that point when I first read this as a character. Like, I wasn't familiar with, like, his, the 616 George Stacy. So I was like, oh, man, like, he, he did it? That's crazy. Wow, that's so weird. Um, and then, you know, learning more and getting more into original Spider-Man stuff, you know, and seeing the parallel, the parallels here. And, uh, you know, in, in the next sequence, Ben is uh, in a really effective sequence, actually. Ben is getting testimonials from people at, at Atlantic City of like, OK, like what happened? And so you get the story of how George Stacy like died from like all these different points of view. And then you actually see the scene, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, 
but uh to to learn like the parallel of like oh that's how george stacy died like in 616 also was a bomb kind of thing you know and like saving lives and stuff. i was like oh that's that's really cool um i've been waiting for this since he showed up and at the beginning of it this time uh because i forgot that george stacy shows up in volume one like in any capacity like that blew my mind reading it this time i totally forgot so i've just been waiting for him to die that's that's the hard thing about this book is knowing everyone's fates and kind of waiting for them. Right. I've, I've got the cheat sheet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just heartbreaking with how abrupt it was, but again, incredibly effective narratively. Yeah. So we, I think we, it's very earnest. Absolutely. And the, the lack of, um, at least for those last two pages, the lack of any kind of like speech bubbles, except for Gwen's yeah. scream at the end. Really, I, I really well it. done. Yeah. So we cut to uh, hunk a hunk Ben Urich on the scene talking to Brian Michael mm. Bendis and interviewing mm. him for, you know, his witness, his eyewitness account of the events. And I love that, you know, we were talking about law, law and order earlier. He starts with, yo, man, not for nothing, but uh, I was yeah, taking exactly. out the garbage. And I, I just I love that shit. Dun, 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 yeah. I think it's hysterical. This is this is this is the role that's played by a person who blows up in like five years, on uh, in, in like a movie. Yeah, but oh, their yeah. first role was on Law and Order. Yeah. <laughs> this is a real like Griffin Newman part, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he basically says, you know, what we most of what we saw, which is that. Captain Stacy and his two cohorts rounded the corner, had their guns trained on Spider-Man. Or the imposter Spider-Man, anyway. And as he was trying to escape, they opened fire on him, and one of them caught caught the backpack that Spider-Man was, you know, had in his possession, and it started to catch fire. Something was weird with it. And so he just throws this backpack towards a kid. You know, threw it at a kid. Threw it right at a kid. Threw and right a kid. Dennis Leary uses all of his uh, his rescue me athletics <laughs> to get over to this kid, <laughs> throws him to another child, and you know, with the momentum, gets backed up into a police car, and the backpack lands right in his lap. And we can presume that it exploded shortly thereafter well, we, i love that we, we don't, don't even see it is, we we don't hear uh george stacy yelling he's not alone and, then <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, and whispering leave quinn out of it exactly. and yeah yelling to peter i got this peter you go <laughs> <laughs> we don't so, get the explosion though that's kind of yeah fitting really that's, poignant yeah that's actually yeah really poignant that that i actually really loved about this was just like we didn't even need to see the end result we know what happens but there, but dare i say we do get the explosion but it's an emotional explosion i mm-hmm. love the scene transition of him looking down at the bomb on his lap it's clearly about to blow and then it transitions right into gwen yeah just had her world exploded literally. very very I, 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 I that is very cinematic that's really well played yeah. And and speaking of like uh, the cinematic quality of this, they're having this conversation on the roof, like teenagers do, and Peter is kind of trying to like go over everything that they said, 
you know, they said, you know, the knapsack had some stuff in it. And Gwen is laser focused on Spider-Man. Huh? Because in her mind, Spider-Man killed her dad. And Gwen has become oh. movie Harry Osborn. Yeah. Oh man. Holy oh, no. shit. Oh boy. I hope I hope in one of these volumes she's eating pie in a diner and someone asks her like, "Oh, how's the pie?" So good. So good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> or she says, "I'm the other girl." <laughs> yeah, to she, she tells Mary. She, she tells, tells Mary, Mary Jane, Jane. "I'm the other girl." Uh, I'm the other girl. <laughs> if that totally if, makes a basket with a basketball, and she's like, "Whoa, did you see that?" And looks at him with really crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if that fucking happens. If that fucking happens and she's she goes to Mary Jane, she's like, I'm the other girl, I will eat a napkin. That is what will happen. <laughs> if that happens, no one You're tell gonna, me. If that you're happens, not gonna eat a pie? Is that what it is? I will no, because I save that for stuff I enjoy. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's Hell yeah. So basically they're having this moment where he's trying without saying, Hey, I'm Spider-Man, to tell her like I'm pretty sure it was an imposter. Like they, they think it's a guy pretending to be Spider-Man and Gwen is not hearing any of it. She's just like, I would like to be alone. So they leave her alone. We, you know, cut to the next day, all this stuff's going on. And Robbie runs in and they're just like, Hey, look, that idiot dressing up as Spider-Man got himself into another standoff with the police and I love how he's looking down at the clipboard. He's like, okay, this is what's going on. Looks back up. Peter's gone. And this <laughs> yeah. is, you talked about last, last week where like you hear that Raimi music coming on. Like this is the moment where I yeah. hear, like when he's <laughs> running. <laughs> like, oh man. Cause it is like we said earlier, it is on site. Like, Peter is now going to going to absolutely murder this fucker. So he swings into this building and I love the confusion by the cops. They're like, uh, Captain DeWolf, which hello. Yes. yes! Gene exactly. DeWolf. Yeah. We weren't going to skip over that. Oh my God. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, baby. This is important. Gene DeWolf. Gene fucking DeWolf rules. It's so good. One of the best detectives in, in this, in this, uh, in this uh, series here, you know? For those of you uh, who are only Gene familiar. DeWolf, Go ahead. Gene DeWolf, a character who is also had, or also had a similar fate as George Stacy in the 616. Exactly. Uh, yeah. For, for those of you who are only, you know, tangentially familiar with Spider-Man through the video game, Gene DeWolf was Yuri Watanabe before Yuri Watanabe. Yeah. Yeah. She is 100% that character, but gets yeah. killed as opposed to become the badass vigilante. Exactly. So... And I love, but yeah, I love this exchange where they're like, I thought we were here because Spider-Man was already, she's like, I seen him. I seen him. Leave it alone. And so he busts in to find Spider-Man's got a taser. <laughs> Spider-Man's got a taser. Spider-taser. Spider-taser. Don't taste me, bro. And he says, no, I will taste you. <laughs> so Spider-Man shows up. We get a quick cut over to maybe the most heartbreaking scene of this volume it, uh, I mean this is right up there with uh, that bit in Shazam I was just going to say that yes 
darkest things I've ever heard a parent say in a movie. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you haven't, listener, if you haven't watched really Shazam upset. recently, watch it again. I, I have not. So. A wonderful movie. Okay. With one of the darkest fucking I've things I've ever seen. Time, in it. I'm sure it is. All I remember is that one scene. That sticks in my head so hard. It is. is so interesting. Oh. So she, huh. Aunt May is on the phone with Gwen's mom who just recently left. Her name is Ginger Stacy, which is such an old lady yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a like, stripper. Right? You know, <laughs> kind of, Please, welcome the to stage, the stage. Ginger Stacy. You know, it sounds like a, it's very much like a stage name. So she's on the phone. She's on the Joe. She's on the phone with Ginger Spice and she is <laughs> oh, telling yeah. She's basically like, hey, look, I'm a Parker. We don't know each other. My nephew goes to school with your daughter. Um, I'm really sorry to hear about, you know, George's passing. Uh, but look, the reason I'm calling your, your daughter, you know, Gwen is here. I was, you know, taking care of her while, you know, her dad was in the uh, was in Atlantic City. But and then there's like this pause and she's just like, but you're her mother. She just lost. I just can't imagine why you would. I hope that this is the grief talking and not who you really are, because what you are saying is just about the most horrible. And then Ginger Spice hangs up on her. Like. Oh, oh, and then and then you get the and then you get the Gwen reaction of like May looking up and seeing Gwen's there in the doorway. And Gwen just told you she, she's a piece of work like. That Gwen knows that her mom doesn't want her. Yeah. And that's so upsetting. Heartbreaking. That even Heartbreaking. right now, her mom just clearly doesn't want her. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Meanwhile, back with Spider Taser, uh, Spider Man is Taser not Man. having it. Taser Taser Face over here is <laughs> getting uh, uh getting ready to ice this lady. And he and Peter is not having any of it. He webs his arm, tackles him, and just starts beating the absolute hell out of this guy. Just throwing I him. Love this. Oh this my god. So good. Unbridled uh, rage. For 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 me, this this music cue was uh was the third Spider-Man Sammy Ream, the, the black suited Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. One of the best, one of the best superhero themes ever is that ever. Theme. I think oh, really, really well done. So damn good, so good. Because remember, everyone, Spider-Man Three is a great movie. So it is. Uh, this uh, this fight great continues movie. with Spider. <laughs> no, it's a it's a good movie. So <laughs> so the the <laughs> the reason that I know that this is a fake Spider-Man is that he first of all we're going to have to eventually talk about how this guy got his hands on webbing. Like, right. Like how the fuck did that happen? But it's clearly an imposter because his webs are gray and not green. Uh, (laughs) Look at the page. Tell me I'm wrong. His webs are gray, but they're both gray. No, they're not. Look on the previous page. it's actually secretly the Spider-Man from the 616 universe. You see, he crossed over. Oh. This is a Spider-Man who, because he crossed over, his mind has been completely corrupted by temporal energies. 
in the crossing over. So now he's just robbing that. <laughs> And, you know, in, in, in the 616, George Stacy is actually dead. So he's trying to align his reality with the current reality he resides in. Exactly. Everything's Not, connected. But, but wouldn't, he, wouldn't he possibly, like, uh, cause a disruption in the space-time continuum because there's two exact Peter Parkers? Is living in the same plane well, of existence? Obviously not. Well, I think you'll find, because of the rules of the ultimate universe, that that is not actually the case. You see, the quantum mechanics... <laughs> I hate myself. I wanted to punch myself right now. So, <laughs> I think we all I wanted to punch each other. Was a <laughs> so, so after Spider-Man uh, finishes giving uh, Taserface the metaphorical wedgie of a lifetime, he... <laughs> Unmasks him to find some guy. Yeah. Did did you guys think that it was Chameleon? Yes. Yes, Yes. I did. Hundred percent. I thought it was Chameleon. I I was either either Chameleon or Mysterio. I was really hoping it was Mysterio, just because like this kind of falls through with like um, the the way I've been introduced to uh, Mysterio, where where it's just another Spider Man. But. But yeah, but I was thinking that maybe this was going to be like a lot like more like the Stan Lee comics and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be the chameleon. This was a hard left turn. (laughs) This was a hard left turn. I'd be like, no, it's just some guy. And I'm like, it's just some guy. Oh, that's really more powerful. That's that's way more powerful than it actually being some sort of villain. That's the thing. It's way more powerful that it's just a guy. Yeah. And that that is that stuff. anybody could do this ever. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a supervillain. It's literally anyone. It's the reverse side of oh, Spider Man could be anybody. Spider Man could be white, black, whatever. You know, it's the reverse version of that. Is anybody could be Spider Man? Yeah. yeah, that's a problem. That is a that's problem. Scary. So, <clears throat> Spider Man continues wailing on this guy, and he's basically like, "Dude, the world thinks I'm a murderer. All these people are afraid of me because of you." And he goes and he starts choking this guy out. He's like, what stopped me from murdering you? Why not? What difference? What difference would it make? Tell me you don't deserve it. And he finally realizes what he's doing and he lets go at the last second. Everybody rushes out. Captain Gene DeWolf is yeah. getting ready to send ow. send everybody in. Ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a it sounded like an owl for a second. Yeah, I kind of like an owl there. I'm kind of about it. Okay, so we go howl, howl, hoot. <laughs> for Jane DeWolf. Is that just, right? Howl, howl, hoot? Yeah. Howl, howl, hoot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> howl, howl, hoot for Gene DeWolf. Uh, so, um, hooty, hoot. So everybody rushes out. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. They make their way in and they find some guy just hanging from hanging from the ceiling. And he's just like, I did. I, I could prove it. I could prove I did everything. Just please get me out of here. I promise it was me. It was just me alone. And there's a little note taped to his chest that says from the real Spider-Man. Uh, real quick, musical cue wise. Um, again, I don't listen to music when I'm reading, but I have stuff playing in my head. Uh, oh. And this is, this is the the theme from specifically, I guess it'd be like Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises. Uh, the kind Blah. of like cool down. Oh no, it's it's a cool down. Dun, dun, dun. 
Oh yeah, I can see that. It's like really light and gentle because yeah. it's after a fight. For sure. Know? Yeah. Though I think just as easily could fit in here. And they say that a hero could save <laughs> us. I'm not no, going to stand here and wait. That's the next page when Peter is on the top of the building and he's got his mask off. They're watching like us. They're watching us. They all fly away. So, this isn't uh, Creed, but it should be sung by me. <laughs> oh, Creed. I'm so high. <laughs> so Peter, uh, who is so high he can hear heaven, uh, makes his way back to uh, the house and finds Aunt May sitting on the stoop. And she says it's about Gwen. They come into her room and she is passed out. She obviously did her uh, disney princess collapse into the bed <laughs> uh so they wake her up and they're like hey like peter's like hey the the guy in the spider-man costume they got him and she we see that she has a suitcase open and she's basically like i i guess i was gonna i guess i was gonna go home to get some of my things and i have an aunt in minnesota my mom's sister who she's never met and is just going to show up on this woman's door. And yeah. Aunt May is just like, you don't have any other family? And she's like, no, like, I don't even know where Minnesota is. And Aunt May says, well, I have an offer. Peter and I, we talked about it. Maybe your mom will come around. I don't know. I don't know her. But seeing as I really only know how to cook for three, and seeing as we really think the world of you, we were hoping that maybe you'd consider staying here. I fucking broke down. I fucking yeah. broke down when when she hits her with the I only really know how to cook for three. I yeah. fucking lost. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm kind of getting teary eyed now. I, I, I get pretty choked up every time I read this bit. Like, it, it's kind of really, really nice. This was this the most endearing. This yeah. was the most endearing that I've seen Aunt May ever been. And this 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 yeah. reminds me of uh uh the the aunt may from from the tom holland movies like this is this is something she that, would have done yeah yeah for sure That's marissa tomei that, uh, yeah aunt may nowadays is taken from this aunt may yeah because yes. it's an aunt may who is 100%. very proactive in helping people this is the yeah. aunt may that works at the feast like at yes feast. yes like Th this is sure. this is the perfect example of aunt may taking responsibility and even she has yeah. no she has no like there's no nothing tying her that forces her to help this girl. Yeah. This girl is someone who goes to her nephew's school. There's nothing that is yeah. forcing her to take this girl on. But she's only she, met him like a couple times, right? Couple times. And, and especially her her father, and just and and like it's like what what's it to her? To like, and you she know. takes it upon herself because she has the power to give this girl a home, and so she has the responsibility. To give this girl a home, fucking broke my heart. Um, ugh, and it breaks Gwen's heart too. She collapses into Aunt May's arms. Finally, lets the tough girl persona go and just sobs and takes everything in and breaks down. They it killed is, my daddy. Yeah, just mm -hmm. oh man. 
And so we come to the final scene of the volume where it's Peter and Mary Jane sitting on the bleachers. And he basically like tells her, like, I guess we're just going to like move her stuff in and see what happens. And Mary's just like, I can't do it anymore. She says, like, at first it was cool because my boyfriend was a superhero, but then I, you can see just how much the episode with the, uh, with the goblin has shaken her. At the Queen's Bridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It traumatized her. She's like, sometimes I'll be sitting in class and I'll just start crying because I think I'm falling. And it's, it is heartbreaking. She's just like, I can't do this. He Did we mention the part that she she was having nightmares and she never gets nightmares as well? That she mentioned that earlier, like when um, she got that yeah. call uh, from Peter that she she never gets nightmares and now she's been having a nightmare ever since uh, that moment on the bridge. So, you know, this has been accumulating for quite a while. Yeah. And the, and the fact of the matter is they just, they haven't talked about it. Right. Exactly. They ha- it all comes down to communication. And when yeah. they are like at this point where they're finally able to like open up to each other, it's, it's too late. And so. And I, and I love, I love her point of like, you, you're going to die doing this. Yeah. Like, Peter, you are going to die. I love you, but you're going to die. And it, he's someone's going to kill you in that stupid costume. Like, yeah. And he's immediate, he's dismissive of it too. He's just like, you know, all of a sudden you think this, you never told me any of this. This is about Gwen. And she's like, yeah, yeah. On top of the fact that she says on top of the fact that our lives have become this nightmare that Spider-Man puts us through on top of that. Now you are living with this girl who is so pretty and interesting and she's in love with you, Peter. And he's like, no. And it's, it's just, again, miscommunication the two of them just yeah. not on the same page and yeah. it and she reveals something that I think really informs everything we've seen for the past couple volumes where she talks about she's like my mom sits in our kitchen year after year and pretends that my dad doesn't cheat on her when everyone on the planet knows that he does. He stays out all night, comes home drunk and he stinks like stinks like a brothel and she just pretends everything is fine. And I promised myself that I wasn't going to do that. I promised myself that I wasn't going to play some stupid game where I get where I tricked myself into thinking that everything is okay when it's not. I, again, this breaks my heart because it's getting that added backstory of like her having to keep his secret, her having to pretend that everything's okay on top of this new interesting girl in his life. It's yeah. It's just one thing too many. It's the straw that broke the Mm -hmm. camel's back. Yeah. Yeah. It's showing that Peter has made your like main character syndrome. Absolutely, you know, and does. doesn't like because he because he even says like oh, I didn't know that stuff about your dad and she's like you never ask you yeah. never ask about me it's all about you and your costume fun in the beginning sure but you you never ask and that's the thing like we don't know any of that all that's been going on with this character and we have no idea because we're we through the lens of Peter yeah exactly and that's that's a great way to give that character uh, I mean we talk about it all the time it's a great way to give that character agency absolutely. Like, she is a fully fleshed out character. We just don't see that because Peter doesn't see that because he doesn't think to ask. Yep. And it really, it really paints Peter in an interesting light. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, Mary Jane kind of finishes this off. She's like, it's not just Gwen. It's all of it. I love you, Peter. I just can't do this. 
He says, so what, we're done? And she says, yeah. And she walks away. And that's the end of the volume. Like, holy shit, man. Like, this, wow. this volume. This book, right? This oh, book. my God. Yeah, you know, they're fucking in on this. It's this great. is this it's is Peter's great. Dark Knight of the Soul. Like this is I, this is his empire the bottom for him. Week, yeah, this is his I empire moment. Last week, that the first three volumes are very much like you know building Spider-Man and Peter as a character, mm-hmm. and then the next several are all about breaking down what he knows. Yep. And yeah. This is a big part of that. This is a big part of that, and it's still going to continue. This character is going to be very different uh when when all this changes happen god damn there's a lot coming so as we're wrapping up here gentlemen final thoughts on the volume and your favorite part of the volume jacob i'm gonna come to you first oh man um i'm gonna so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it uh this this is my favorite volume now oh Uh, nice it's it's been every it's been every volume at this point, I was like, okay, now this one's my favorite. Okay, now this one's my favorite. Uh, um, uh, this, this, was, uh, this was great for the fact that, you know, we got... Um, this was great because of the fact that um, we got... Um, sorry. We, we got this a great story in the last volume that involved uh, Spider-Man, breaking down Spider-Man with the Green Goblin and the Return of Him. Now, this volume is breaking down Peter Parker and getting to know the people in Peter Parker's life as well. And uh, what's amazing is about this that I thought was really, truly impressive was the fact that uh, uh, Peter... um, Peter in this... Well, Gwen's origin story is this volume. It is the, it is how, I hate to say this, but I have to bring it back, but it's circles. This is the complete circle of Mary, of Gwen Stacy in, in this sense, mirroring what happened to Peter, the whole, like going, uh, the whole like police showing up at the house again and, and everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, that my overall favorite part of this entire volume is Gwen Stacy is is definitely Gwen Stacy in this. Um, I was excited. I did think it was going to be like a major villain. It was great to see, you know, the rhino and, and that, that, that whole moment was just like, oh, this is just, this is just the amazing Spider-Man pool for like, that's what this is. Um, but, uh, this led up to be an incredible, uh, um, drama that I, that I live for in Spider-Man that, that always keeps me wanting more for Spider-Man is like this Peter Parker drama that always keeps coming up. Um, God, there was something, something specific I wanted to talk about that was actually really cool. But, um, oh yeah, uh, this is the last volume I actually do remember reading um, from, from when I started reading the original. I think this was the, this was the last thing I, uh, I, I don't remember this volume because of the fact that I was like, oh, it wasn't a major villain that, that kept my memory other than Rhino popping up. Um, mm-hmm. But this was definitely interesting in the fact that um, this is the last volume I think I remember like reading in this. Uh, I read the 
Barnes and Noble. For listeners at home, I had a Barnes and Noble volume that was given to me by my friend. I was like, here, try it out and see what you think about Ultimate Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, this was great. And I finished that volume and I was like, okay, now I got to find more volumes. But uh, it wasn't until the end of this volume that I see what the next volume is. And that's actually the reason I remember now why I stopped reading this. <laughs> exactly the reason why I stopped reading it was because of what it says for the next issue. And I will save all that for when we read the next issue. Malcolm? Uh, I the one love real story. true Malcolm? I, yeah, I'm definitely the one real true Malcolm. Um, I love this volume. I think it's wonderful. Uh, like, like we talked about, it's, it's definitely a, a, a crisis for Peter. Um, it's, it's, I, I love how this book balances Peter and Spider-Man, uh, how they're definitely the same character, but it balances the lives and the, the shatter points for each character. Each character has, uh, each, each facet, each facet of the character, excuse me, uh, has its own their own like shatter points and responsibilities and things that tie to that character and are broken because of the actions of that character and i love how this this volume balances both of those things really well um and flows between the two uh spider-man creates problems for peter which creates problems for spider-man um which is really really wonderful uh i i this this is not even the highest of the highs for this book. So. Yeah. Um, this was, did you say your favorite part? Oh, uh, my favorite part is it's, it's May at the end telling Gwen uh, that they want her to stay with them. I, yeah. I, I love that so much. I, uh, uh, God, May is so great. I, I never, it took me a very long time to like Aunt May in the 616 comics. Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. think Zinsky's running a really good job of getting you to like Aunt May. Totally agree. Like something to do other than just being a target or an excuse. Yep. Um, but Ultimate Spider-Man, from the get-go, Aunt May is neither of those things. She's not a target. She's not an excuse. She is a character. She's a person. Hell yeah. And I, I love that person i love may parker in the ultimate universe i think she is absolutely wonderful um there's there's something just so wonderful and beautiful about how how she acts and how she responds to everything uh i mean we talked about it a little bit last week but that moment with peter where uh where where norman osborne sends the the van and peter says you know i i i just think they're bad news i don't think we should do that and she remembers the quote from ben about uh you know never met a person with money who had to step on someone to get it like yeah. I just everything about that character I think I think May Parker is so interesting in this run um and there's some really good May Parker stuff coming down the line too but she she she's amazing I I love that character and I love that this book made me love that character yeah. uh, the the two characters that I didn't love uh for the longest time in the regular universe I love here it's Mary Jane and it's May Parker they're yeah. two like they're they're the best in this in this run they're they're incredible yeah totally agree um and may parker is my fashion icon of the week uh so many yeah. great fits she is she is an icon in every sense of the word mm -hmm. um this volume is 
like neck and neck with me with volume three for my favorite volume so far. Yeah, I love yeah, I love volume three. Two of my top five Spider-Man rogues, like a great cinematic Ryan. story about about Peter Parker's rise as Spider-Man. Yeah, this one being as more of more of a fall and him having things stripped away from him, but also getting the opportunity to better someone else's life. And Gwen, um, this has everything. It has everything. It puts Peter as Jacob so eloquently said earlier, uh, in his empire strikes back mode. Yeah. So yeah, now we're hopefully going to get to see return of the Jedi for Peter. We'll see what happens. Um, (laughs) yeah, my favorite, my favorite part, just like Malcolm said, uh, why are you laughing? (laughs) <laughs> it's not a good laugh we just know that. that's not a malcolm laugh either i know right it's kind of suspicious <laughs> it's very weird because um, i killed somebody <laughs> oh god oh the truth uh, comes out oh i knew it yeah. so um <laughs> yeah i i agree with fake malcolm that tripping. this is uh my favorite part is the aunt may and gwen scene at the end like yeah, 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 yeah. just incredible catharsis for these characters uh i love this volume love this volume to death really excited to pick up next week with volume number six let's go ahead and pull that up wait before you read the description do you know know what what the next volume is no oh well go ahead and read the description i'm very excited oh i'm not (laughs) oh shit yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh shit yeah. um yeah ultimate spider-man volume six is entitled venom venom uh shit uh it reads after reuniting with his childhood friend eddie brock uh peter parker discovers a terrible secret about their father's past a secret which quickly results in a confrontation with venom Spider-Man's evil dark twin. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> listen, listen. It sounds bad. You guys know that I don't like the character of Venom. Agreed. Like, I, I don't. I don't like Venom. The only Venom I like is Flash Thompson Venom. That's it. Agreed. Oh, Agent yeah. Venom for the win. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent. I'm right there with you, but, Malcolm. Right there with you. But I love the idea for Ultimate Venom. I think it's kind of really awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I, mm-hmm. I I really like the next volume. Well, I think well, it's really good. Yeah, well, we'll agree to disagree when we get to the next volume. I'm that? very, very <laughs> interested. Uh, mm-hmm. So this, dear listeners, is going to be uh, issues 33 through 39. Uh, big week, okay. big week next week. So make sure you're all studied <sighs> up. We are going to dive into the Dark Knight of the Soul for Peter Parker and see if he comes out back comes out the other side a better person maybe not we'll see what happens but oh man i'm gonna have to play that now every single time that's all i'm hearing for this (laughs) now now listeners take comfort in knowing because i know people don't for some reason don't like spider-man 3 This story came out like 2002 2003 yeah so there will not be a now digs this in this story See, that just makes me sad. I, it makes me sad, too. But I wanted to, you know, let everyone know, hey, 
There's none of that. There's no jazz especially, clubs. Especially with it being uh, 2002, 2003, now dig on this would be right in the lexicon for everyone's vocabulary. Uh, now dig on this. <laughs> it's like, what's <laughs> up with that? Oh, what's <laughs> Laz app. So uh, <laughs> tune in <laughs> next week uh, for volume six of Ultimate Spider-Man issues 33 through 39. Same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explain book club, this has been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. We believe you. <laughs> Just like Harvey Dent. And I'm Jacob Brown. <laughs> and we will see you next time. The whole time. They bought it. God. Maybe I could go and be this Malcolm guy for now. Hey, Malcolm, your uh, your mic's still on. I'm like, what? <laughs>